Hey everybody, welcome back to the IGN Movies Podcast, Keeping It Real. This is Jim, joined as always by Chris Carl. God, you got your NPR voice on today. That's right. Hi, we're going to be talking about the economy in today's <laughs> edition of Keeping It Real. Uh, Roth Cornette cannot... dish. <laughs> That's right, sweaty balls. Uh, we cannot uh, be joined today by Roth Cornette because she is at the TCAs, or the Television Critics Association, basically two weeks of sitting in a room as the... Studios and network um, networks, networks and, yeah. and the cable companies all bring in their hawk their wares, <laughs> and uh, so we we just we uh, obviously we didn't record last week because of Comic Con, and then so Roth is up for the next two weeks for for TCS, and just to throw another wrench in the machine here, we are moving offices, so we're gonna try to record. Uh, a podcast next week because we actually already have a very special guest segment recorded. Sh- shall I tell the people who tell it is? Tell them. Tell them. We're, we talked to Ray Park, aka Darth Maul, aka Snake Eyes, aka Toad. Yeah. And um, so too shabby. Next week, the GI Joe Retaliation Blu-ray comes out, so he was talking about that. So we're uh, we're gonna try like hell to record one next week because we told Ray it was running next well, week. Well, if nothing else, we'll we'll put up the interview as as right. keeping it real. But uh, if um, we'll we'll try to do more. We'll try to do more. So it might next week's episode, if we're able to record one, might not sound quite as polished as it normally is because we might have to. We'll all be scattered to the wind. Yeah, we'll, we'll be like the Starks in Game of Thrones. We'll be all over Westeros and. We will. We'll have to use the ravens to... <laughs> the ravens call the, <laughs> the Skypes. Yes. So, all right. Well, I, like I said, last week we were at uh, San Diego Comic-Con. No news came out of there. Nothing. It was a dead, Zero. dead air. Zero. Um, but it didn't mean that uh, nothing opened up at the movies. So let's. we didn't obviously have any predictions. So I'll so just tell you guys. Nobody's wrong. The Conjuring was number one. And it, it did very well with $41.9 million. Damn. So for a movie with no, you know, huge stars in it, uh, that's a great opening. Um, it's already going to get a sequel. Despicable Me 2 in second place with 24.9. But to be fair, The Conjuring was going to get a sequel before it opened. Yes, they did announce <laughs> they that. They did say that before it opened. Um, and then uh, Red 2 opened in fifth place yeah. with $18 million. But no, that's not even the worst of news. The worst of news is that poor Ryan Reynolds, poor. really the nicest guy. He's so nice. And he's actually, I feel like, quite adept at different genres. Had two different movies open last weekend. The animated movie Turbo and the comic book movie R.I.P.D., both of which seriously underperformed. R.I.P.D. flat out tanked. Turbo opened third place, one of the lowest DreamWorks animation openings with 21.3 million. RIPD in seventh place, 12.7. That movie cost something like 130 million to make. Yeah. So maybe uh, Ryan Reynolds just no more comic book movies. I don't know. I mean, I I, I actually like him as I like him. a star. I, I just feel like he's 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 had kind of a bad run of it in terms of Safe House is the only the bright projects, light yeah. in the series of of. Yeah, Lips. and you know, I, I honestly, in a lot of cases, I don't think it's his fault. I think he's. <laughs> I feel like he's the only one that shows up in most of these bad yeah, movies. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And, but he and, gets he gets the blame. 
he does. And and that was the headline from a lot of it. Well, including, including us. us. Yeah. That was the headline is that, you know, he he essentially, you know, had, he had two, two bombs, bombs in one, one weekend. weekend. You know? I good. mean, there's no way you can not report that because it's it's Turbo might have maybe should have been called Turdbo. Well, I mean, Turbo just looked very generic. It looked like there is this whole spate of kind of cars-esque movies including planes which is the also, from the from really the universe generic. of you know yeah. uh, of cars so it's just it it just seems kind of like maybe and it kind of speaks to something that Henry Selleck you know the director of Nightmare Before Christmas and Coraline he uh he was at a convention uh recently not Comic-Con um where he was talking about how generic animation has become yeah and he was kind of taking a little bit of a swipe at despicable me and movies like that meaning that they only bet on these huge sequels or thing in that everything visually has the same style everything looks the same you can't tell a pixar movie from a dwa movie from you know illusion entertainment and i feel like it's true and i've actually i mean i've said that before there was a time you're growing up, you're watching cartoons, you could tell a Hanna-Barbera from a, from a Looney Tunes, from a Disney. Sure. I mean, you yeah, know, they different. all had very distinct styles. What's interesting is, you know, I wrote the uh, review for Wreck-It Ralph, and, um, and then subsequently we've written features where um, we were talking about Pixar, and people are like, what about Wreck-It Ralph? Because since it comes out of Disney, it looks like a Pixar film, it seems like a Pixar film. Um, you know, like, even within Disney... There, people are getting confused. Yeah. So you know, I I don't blame people. I mean, I would say things like hoodwinked, you know, are at a lower grade. But a lot of these things that are Igor. That, are, that are produced are all coming out at like, they they look great and they. Not have... everything can be a uh, escape from planet Earth. <laughs> what was the other one? The one the Rock did, Planet Fifty Three or whatever. Oh man, what about Mars Needs Moms? Oh jeez. <laughs> but um, but yeah, I mean, Turbo to me, it just seems so fiercely average and it'll probably do okay on video it probably yeah. will you know i kind of feel like it's one of those I feel like maybe destined. yeah little boys will discover it on blu-ray yeah or whatever. but fast slugs i mean i just it just didn't seem that amazing to me um let's uh before we talk about comic-con let's just talk about a couple of general news items including star wars episode seven bunch of rumors this week uh the first one was that J.J. Abrams is this close to dropping out. Now, everyone, including Lucasfilm, who spoke to IGN, have denied that. Um, and then uh, the, and the the thing is that, you know, he likes the film in L.A. He's got his family. He's got a bunch of TV things going on here. And that it's, you know, he's going to have to uproot his life for a year and move to London. Look, in my world, that would be a pretty nice <laughs> problem to have. Yeah. But, uh for JJ, that's like you know maybe that's the bridge too far, but uh, it's non-negotiable. I don't think so. I, so. Yeah, I so. think that's a I think that's a BS rumor. And then the other rumor is that uh, Ryan Gosling is up for the role of Luke Skywalker's son, and Zac Efron is also up for a role, uh, maybe as Han Solo's son. Um, what What do you think of? Uh, do you think those two guys are just too Big two, yes, yeah. Oh, well, I hear my 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 thing. And with, why Gosling as Luke Skywalker? He should be Han Solo's son. Yeah, my my thing with any of these like big names being cast, I don't. I I kind of don't want it. I kind of want unknowns. I know it's harder to find them sometimes, but 
I just feel like in the spirit of Star Wars, it's going to be better. Like I felt like the original series using mostly unknowns was better for it, you know. And I, yeah. I feel like the the prequels actually did a pretty good job of keeping you know super super huge a list talent out of the ranks. Yeah. I mean, you had Sam Jackson, who to me felt like the most sort of I'm Sam Jackson, you know, like uh, like yeah. he just kind of stood out too much because he is so contemporary, and he was in that was right at know his real moment yeah you know after pulp fiction and i also think that sam jackson was a fan inclusion i think it was like fans really wanted sam jackson they made it vocal and then i think the, you know sort of lucasfilm was like oh yeah everybody wants sam jackson but yeah. it's like decisions should not be made that way yeah and, and I, liam neeson wasn't liam neeson yet at that point in terms of being right. an action star he was you know perfectly acceptable idea as the uh mentor yeah. Uh, sort of like the way, you know, Guinness was in the old movies. I actually really liked the casting of that movie. Like, I felt like it wasn't too, it didn't go too big. It wasn't distracting casting. I think even Natalie Portman, um, she's gone on to do way more. But, like, at the time, she she was relatively, she you was know, she's kind of going into from her own. professional. Yeah, you know, yeah. That was so, really the extent of her. I was fame. happy with her inclusion. I mean, I think I mean, Hayden, Ewan McGregor, I guess, would have been the the hot actor at that moment because he was coming off of Train Spotting. And, and the thing with um, Ewan McGregor is, I think he was cast mainly because of Alec Guinness. Like, he, yeah. I mean, let's cast somebody who's going to be able to be believable as moving into Alex Guinness's role. So, I, you know, I I thought the casting was good and it wasn't super stunty. I think when you get Zac Efron in there, Ryan Gosling in there. It's gonna. It'll add an it just audience. Feels like it'll TMZ, take away something. Uh, a long time ago, in a TMZ far, far away. <laughs> but I don't think it's actually true. Yeah, I mean, it, here's the thing too. Like nowadays, where you know you can couch any rumor you want to float with expect denials because you know whether it's true or not, you right. know, and they're going to deny it. Yeah. And so it's like, it just looks like it's bolstering whatever claim you want to make. I mean, I mean, any, like any project we've ever talked about has been denied, oh, yeah. denied, 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 whether it turns out to be true or not, you know, meetings happen. This meeting might've happened. You know, you might've, you might've gotten Ryan Gosling talking to Star Wars people. That doesn't mean anything. People yeah. talk to people. I mean, the apparently time. they approached Leonardo DiCaprio too, and he turned them down because he wants to work on, Robotech movie that his buddy Toby Maguire is producing. So now that one I buy a little more because, you know, Leo is, you know, a box office draw. He's a serious actor. He's kind of got the right look in a way. Like I could see him playing somebody who goes to the dark side. But I, I buy the whole thing of him at least being approached by his friend. Hey, I've been trying to get this Robotech movie made. You know, yeah. he was a little kid in the '80s. Maybe he liked the cartoon. I don't want. Leonardo I don't see DiCaprio him cashing in, in like that. Yeah. though. and I just like I said, I don't want anybody who's gonna really be die in the end. Though that's the thing. I, yeah. yeah, apparently contractually, he has to die at the end of every movie. <laughs> I don't like. I yeah, I don't like casting. That is obviously, you know, let's capitalize on this person's popularity for something like this, for a project like this. It's understandable if you're like, hey, I've got this unknown movie that I need to get made. Let's throw Leo DiCaprio's face on the poster and then it'll get seen worldwide. For something like Star Wars, you don't need names. You just need a good story. You need a good yeah. you know, thing. I mean, at, at most you need somebody who's like, sort of like the way Marvel used to cast their movies of like, hey, it's that guy. Like the way Mark Ruffalo became Hulk yeah. or... Renner as Hawkeye, you know, that, you know, I think once you hit that 
A-list stratosphere. It's just distracting. They're still casting their movies that way, and I think it's smart. I think I yeah. think they well, for one thing, it's a financial thing. Like I don't think you want to be hitting. They don't want to be hitting until, like the stratosphere until they go to Vin Diesel. That's why I'm really curious about Vin what what role Vin Diesel is going to get, and this can actually segue us into our Comic Con discussion. But you know, Vin Diesel. I was at the panel for Riddick, and he said for fans to expect. Um, a big announcement at the end of this month, which is next week, um, which, you know, we probably won't be able to podcast then. So, you know, <laughs> we'll talk about it in a few weeks. But, but you know, he also said in a separate interview that, um, you know, he's got a very interesting love story that is part of it. So A tree and his tree lover. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, it could be um, maybe he's Vision and, and it's Scarlet Witch and Vision. Maybe he's Thanos and it's Death, or he's Ultron and it's Jocasta or something like that. I think or even he's... didn't Ultron and Scarlet Witch have a little thing at one point? I don't know. I th- um... she she liked that. She liked those robots. <laughs> yeah. Thank you for not taking it too too no. t- terrible. Yeah. yeah. This is just a preemptive. <laughs> anyway, I I actually like him as Thanos. Maybe I think um, he'd be I think great he was it. probably the one to do that if possible. Um, a lot of people were like, "Don't, don't be Ultron, because now you'll ruin Iron Giant for me." <laughs> I just, I, I, don't know that what you're casting Vin Diesel for is his voice, it's his physicality, it's his presence and stuff like that. I could see him as Vision, maybe. Like that's an Telling interesting a, choice. He, he, he's a little he's, beefy for Vision, though. A little yeah, maybe over, yeah, over. Yeah, Vision, Vision to me should be a little more like uh, built like a swimmer. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. lean, really muscular. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know. I mean, I or my my thinking is, what if he's Groot? You know, that hasn't been announced. Yeah, yeah. He could be. He could be the voice of Groot. But he, let's he could be talk Rocket about, Raccoon too. Let's uh, let's talk about um, Comic Con because Comic-Con. the Marvel panel really was uh, the one the show everyone was waiting for. But I and many others feel that their thunder got kind of stolen by a major announcement that was yeah. made there. Batman, Superman movie. The next Man of Steel film will have Batman in it. Officially announced, Zack Snyder will direct it. So Zack Snyder's going to direct a Batman movie. Uh, Nolan, exec producing it. Um, David Goyer writing it to film next year for a 2015 release going up against Avengers 2 which they announced was going to be called Avengers Age of Ultron we can talk more about that a little later okay so this actually Comic Con had shades of E3 for me it felt like (laughs) everybody was like uh, you know Microsoft's a thing to beat coming into E3 blah 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 and then uh, and then Sony came in and, and just you know wrecked shop with some announcements that were very flashy and they kind of caught everybody off guard and they were like have any everybody saying Sony won E3 and all this stuff so in the end, what you have is two consoles that are very similar with, you know, like similar approach. And somebody did really good PR and somebody just kind of stayed the course and maybe made some mistakes. And I'm not saying Marvel made mistakes. I think they just stayed the course. And, um, and But Warner Brothers came in with that flash. They came in with that thing that, mm-hmm. like, definitely had everybody buzzing. And I don't know if they leaked it on purpose, but it leaked... Like probably, oh, I'm sure. I'm probably sure they, um, they wanted two hours reporters to be panel. ready so that because it was the very last part of that Warner's panel, they didn't want reporters to leave. That thing That's got why leaked. you leaked that so that people, because they know everyone's watching the panels, you you sit your ass down and wait for the very end. They make you stay through that entire presentation. So the rumor was it's going to be 
Batman, Superman, and then uh, Flash, and then JLA. Yeah, that's, that's not the reality the of the J- panel. Well, the the panel they did not officially confirm the reported stories of of there being a, a Flash movie. I think they said 2016, and then JLA in 2017. Right. For right now, it's a Batman Superman movie, and the way it was introduced was the actor Harry Lennox, who uh, you might remember from The Matrix, and he was one of the generals in. Uh, Man of Steel, and I think he played Obama in Little Britain. Hmm. Uh, everyone's like, "You've got to play Obama," and I think he did it on that <laughs> show. You know, he's got that great voice, and he came on and read a passage from Dark Knight Returns, and it was the passage where Batman says something like, "You know, to Superman, how are you going to feel my hand on your throat or my boot on your throat, something like that." And uh, then they showed the logo, and the Bat logo itself. He had more snub ears and 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 snubbed ears and and sort of looked a little more old school. Yeah. And then the Man of Steel logo over it, you know. So they were kind of uh, on top of each other, and um, you know it was just really cool. And it was great that like I, you know, I've got a lot of uh, people who've contacted me how they think it's a bad idea. There's a lot of pieces going up that this is a bad idea. Right. And I'm like, I think this is the best and really only card you had to play. Yeah. And that you know. You, Man of Steel was a commercial success, <clears throat> but it divided fans, right? Which surprised me because I really liked it. And I thought it would go over very easily, and it didn't, right? And so, Batman though is sort of you're more like your safe bet. So you 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 put him in there as basically an antagonist of sorts until they have to team up against who I assume would be Luther, because you could kind of take a page from. Uh, the No Man's Land storyline from the Batman comics, which they borrowed a lot from for Dark Knight Rises, but the rebuilding of the city after Man of Steel, and Luther comes in to be like the savior, he's got other aspirations, and then Bruce Wayne comes in and kind of uh, is trying to do the same thing. Yeah. And, um, you know, the Lego uh, DC Superheroes Unite movie had a similar plot, except it wasn't. You know, it was played for laughs and it was cutesy. Right. And, but, you know, that like sort of idea. Like, I don't think um, like I don't think it's going to be Luther and Joker. I, in fact, I hope it's not Joker because it's still too soon. Like, I, I don't think it will be Joker. You, I, I think you could get away with, um, like, Riddler or even Penguin. You could do something like, you know, you could have... I don't know. You could find somebody who would work in there, or maybe just need Luther and Batman in and of itself is enough because he will be. They're going to recast the role of Batman that was officially announced in their press release, so it's not Bale. Let all of that go. <laughs> um, this is a whole new Batman, a whole new Batman universe now that will lead into uh, JLA and all that stuff. But weirdly, the same man writing it. Um, yes. So, interestingly enough, then later on they followed up and said it's going to be called either Batman versus Superman or Superman versus Batman. We don't know which one yet. Um, So, there is going to be a squaring off element. And, and, you know, certain people have supposed maybe it's Batman coming in and calling into question the things that Superman did at the end of Man of Steel. I mean, look. Spoiler, if you haven't seen Man of Steel, why are you listening to this particular part? (laughs) But if you have, then we're going to talk about the ending. Still there? Okay. So, Man of Steel ends with Superman killing Zod with his bare hands in front of people. That's going to get out there. 
Yeah. You know? <laughs> that. Um, so what happens when you have the most powerful person ever imagined walking the earth uh, who's passing himself off as a hero even though he killed somebody with his bare hands, and a guy who's being deemed as an outlaw, a vigilante, a possible bad guy, whose one rule is you don't kill. Right. You know, I mean, I think it really provokes a lot of interesting stuff and forces them, if they have the courage to, and I think they will, to address that decision made at the end of that movie. Like, I don't think you can quite sweep that under the carpet. Superman killed somebody. Here's an interesting... uh an interesting thing that results from this announcement. You've got to think that by the time Man of Steel released, this idea was already there. You know, there were the conversation was Man of Steel came about during the production of um of Dark, Knight, Dark Rises. Knight Rises. And um so Goyer and and Snyder were thinking about this together. So they were thinking I think I think this plant hatched then, and yeah. I think they always thought Man of Steel was going to be the first step on the journey. And you know, well, let's wait to see how Man of Steel is going to fare, and then we're going to we're going to roll this out. This is going to be the next step up. This is slightly different than how Marvel built their universe, but it's similar in that it's building. Yeah. And so then, if if we are to believe the rumor that Flash is the next thing, then yeah, what you do is you. It's almost exactly like what Marvel did because they they introduced some heroes, and then some heroes were just a part of the team. So, you know, you get Black Widow and you get um, uh, Hawkeye added to the team sort of at, at the time of Avengers, not, right. not sort of like, you know, with their own mo- movies first. So I, I think it is. It's just like a stepping – it's just like a little ladder or a set of stairs and at your, you're building up to JLA, which I'm thinking will probably be in 2017 now. And you get that opportunity to sort of reboot a couple of the characters in that world and then spin them out. So like – Green Lantern, you can rebuild in that in the frame of that movie, and then spin him out if if that's successful. Same with Wonder Woman, if they do that, I'm, yeah. I'm assuming they will. Well, what what I found interesting too is that if those if that's the order of the movies, that means there will be no solo Batman movie right until after JLA. So, I like that actually. You know, which kind of at that point, then by the time Batman gets his own movie, you've already established a far more comic booky doesn't mean jokey it just means more comic book-esque universe for this serious version of play in um but um oh oh there there was another rumor going around which is that uh warner's has also kind of put the batman beyond live action movie back on the table meaning even though young younger batman might not necessarily be in his own movie there could be standalone Batman Beyond movies that would be the same version of Batman but played by a different actor. That way you can have Batman movies that won't muck up whatever continuity or direction or whatever of this now rebooted DC universe. Do you feel like that is giving the public too much credit? Or do you think that everybody... Because I was thinking about this in terms of even putting Batman into Batman versus Superman. Um, There are going to be a lot of people who assume that this is continuing the continuity of The Dark Knight Rises, um, no matter how you cut it. And I don't think you can afford to tell another origin story within this movie, because that's yeah. just going to be no. horrific. And Learn nobody the wants lesson that. of Amazing Spider-Man. Um, yeah, exactly. So, I mean, although I, I actually didn't find the origin that obnoxious in that movie, like I felt like, 
you know, wow, can we ever just join a hero in the middle? And, and I think understand? with Batman, I mean, look at the 89 Batman basically did that. We They didn't do his origin. They had a flashback to his parents getting shot. You could do that or you could s- simply, you know, look, Clark Kent's a reporter. He can just find out about Bruce Wayne. But you have to figure Bruce Wayne's already going to figure it out who Superman is. Right. He is supposed to be the world's greatest detective. Yeah. Um, yeah. So maybe well, maybe it's all on purpose. Maybe it's in Superman has X-ray vision. He can look right through Batman's mask unless he lines it with lead. Yeah. Which I, they're not going to get into all that. I think I, yeah. I think I think those guys are going to be on equal footing. They're going to know who each other is like yeah. right, right off the bat. I think, you know, I'm really excited, I have to say, about this movie. I do like the fact that they're just bringing Batman in and saying, hey, here's Batman. You know, like, yeah. I, I don't think it's going to be an origin story. I think it would be a mistake, and I think they know that I would be a think, mistake. I don't think you need to re-explore his origins. I mean, if you do, you just don't need to do all the training stuff that Batman Begins did. True. All you have to do is show him as a young man, seeing his parents get killed or whatever. Yeah, just remind people... The reason that he fights. And know? as long as the Batman suit looks different than the one that we've seen in the past movies. That was always my one kind of gripe about the Nolan Batman suit is that it still looked like the ones from the past series. What if they go back to gray and black? Something. Yeah. yeah. I do gray, or I loved the, the, the whole neck piece thing from, this, uh, from Dark Knight and Dark Knight Rises. Keep that. So that I'd never want to see him go back to like not being able to turn his head. But you're going to have to switch up the design otherwise. And, right. and just because otherwise, I think visually you need something to tell people this is different. This is new. Yeah. Did- or, or, or make it dark blue again. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, man, I, how exciting. And it, it took Comic-Con kind of by storm for, for a little bit. And then, you know, I, I felt like Marvel's panel... Uh, you were in it, so you yeah. got to see that footage. Um, Marvel's panel didn't have a lot of surprises in it, except for the Ultron thing. <laughs> well, the biggest surprise of the Marvel panel is that they didn't announce anything for Phase 3 in terms of what those movies are. To me, I mean, I was very disappointed by that, but I guess they just haven't quite hashed it out yet. Also, next month is D23, which is the big Disney like fan expo in Anaheim. And they, Marvel is going to be there, and, and they're going to have Thor there and, and uh, Thor 2 there. And um, more than likely, there'll be some announcement there, I hope. <laughs> I want to yeah. get this over with at this point. But uh, the Marvel panel. So uh, here's what they showed. They they started by having Tom Hiddleston in full costume, full character as Loki, come out on the stage of Hall H, which is the big cavernous like 7,000-person auditorium. And he did this great speech about the mewling masses that wait in line and all that. And like, you know, if you want to find out what we're what we're going to show, you better worship me and all this stuff. It was just, it was fantastic. That was for the ladies, huh? Yeah. And then uh, he, and then they proceeded to show the first footage from Captain America, the Winter Soldier, which looks really cool. There's a uh, an elevator fight scene that rivals the one in Die Hard uh, with a Vengeance, mm-hmm. and it's set in S.H.I.E.L.D. You can read about the uh, the footage at IGN.com slash movies or IGN.com slash comic hyphen con. Um, uh, I go into the details of what that scene in, uh, entailed, but basically Cap versus about 10 S.H.I.E.L.D. agents in an elevator. is nice. awesome. Uh, the Thor 2 footage, now this is spoilerish, but they showed it 
to a room, again, of 7,000 people, all of whom were on Twitter. So clearly <laughs> Marvel's okay with this getting out there. But the footage ends with what appears to be Loki severing Thor's hand, his hammer hand. His hammer hand. As he's waiting to catch his hammer. He's literally stopping hammer time. That is. <laughs> you know? And then, uh, But the real highlight of the Marvel footage was, even though it's only been filming for about 13 or 14 days at that point, was first look at footage from Guardians of the Galaxy. Whoop, whoop. This was uh, an interesting hybrid of CG characters and practical makeup. Uh, so sort of like the, the the Lord of the Rings movies in that regard. Um uh, Zoe Saldana in full green makeup as uh, uh, Gamora, and then uh, Batista full green makeup as as Drax, Chris Pratt uh, as a sort of uh, uh, Han Solo kind of uh, Nathan Fillion esque kind of thing going on as as uh, Star Lord, and then the CG Groot in Rocket Raccoon. Plus, we saw some scenes of John C. Riley. As Roman Day, and they also announced that uh, Glenn Close is playing Nova Prime. I mean, just imagine if you went back in time and told Glenn Close on like the the set of like The Big Chill or something or <laughs> Fatal Attraction, and one day they'll say an Academy Award nominee Glenn Close as Nova Prime. Like you've probably been like, what the hell happened to my career? You know? But <laughs> it it's just actually got pretty awesomer. awesome. Yeah. yeah. Um, so. Uh, it looked really cool. It's definitely got like kind of a Galaxy Quest vibe. And they had um, the song they were using was Hooked on a Feeling, which you guys <laughs> might, I believe it was on the Reservoir Dogs soundtrack. Ooga Chaka, Ooga Chaka. And it was just, it was really cool. And uh, and Jamon Hansu is in the cast. He plays, uh, he kind of let it slip in the panel that he's uh, a uh, guy named Korath who was in the comics. And he says that he works with both the Collector, who is Benicio Del Toro's character, and Thanos. Mm. So it's possible Thanos would be Guardians of the Galaxy. So, uh, Jamon, welcome to that. the world where where everything you say causes a furor. You know, when you work in a Marvel movie. But he, but I sus- we we we've talked about this before. We suspected that Thanos might make an appearance or yeah. might be pulling some strings in this movie. It doesn't mean necessarily that we're going to get like full on assault from him. Yeah, I mean, he could it could be I mean, look, we get the tease at the end of Avengers. He could very well be sort of like a um I'm trying to find something comparable in the past movies. I mean, he could just have a couple of scenes. It, it could kind of be like in the old Star Wars in the first uh, I mean, an empire uh, where you just get a hint of the emperor. Yeah, you know, Plus and, and you that see was enough. Friggin' Darth's dome for the first time. You like right? You know, it could be something so, as simple as that, which would be enough to tide people over. And then Joss Whedon did some interviews, including some with uh, IGN. But he, you know, he announced, came on stage, showed a little teaser of like the the helmets and shields kind of uh, forming. Um, the new Avengers logo. And the name of the movie is Avengers Age of Ultron. Ultron's going to be the villain. But in the comics, we know that Hank Pym created Ultron. Well, Joss Whedon said Hank Pym will not be in Avengers 2. Uh, Edgar Wright says Hank Pym will be in Ant-Man, though. Uh, hmm. That Hank Pym will not be in Avengers 2. And that thus Ultron will have a new origin. This really upsets some people. I, I am not particularly upset by it. Because I think it's going to be Tony Stark, like a lot of people think this, so this is not original on my part, but Tony Stark, 
will somehow be responsible for the birth of Ultron. Yeah, you set him up as this tinkerer at the end of, well, really Iron throughout the Iron movies, but Iron Man 3 really, like, it was almost like he was addicted to it. Like, yeah. he can't help but create things, you know, that, that yeah. are maybe damaging to the world. Uh, and it, it, wouldn't it make more sense, like, that gives Downey and, and Stark a hook for wanting to come back. Like, he hung up his suit, basically, at the end of Iron Man yeah. 3. You know, if something you did, it's like in the first Iron Man, something you did now is responsible for the stuff, you have to address it. Yeah. Um, oh, and then he has that personal responsibility, that whole sort of history of that. I cannot wait to see the first image of Ultron. I cannot yeah, wait. Yeah, I mean, but, okay, here, let's talk about that for a second. Now, Ultron is a, a robot, and just by its very definition, it is less personable and sort of, um, it's not like Loki, who is right. a human that you can latch on to. Ultron is going to be uh, a piece of steel. Will that really? I I think I trust how, Marvel how, enough. How will he work? I know? trust Marvel enough to know that that's not going to be it. You know. But I just wonder if, like, uh, you know, just think of the Transformers movies where, I guess it really comes down to the voice actor. But you don't really feel much for the Decepticons or Autobots or well anybody in those movies. But <laughs> but like particularly like the robots, like there's nothing really particularly soulful, at least in my opinion, about them in those movies. Yeah. I think it's just, unless it's going to be played cutesy, like, which it can't be in this one, but like C-3PO, R2-D2, or Short Circuit, or something, or Wally, you know, it's very difficult to have a rob robot, or, or as uh, uh, Guillermo del Toro says, robot, uh, you know, main character, and, and have it be something that you're going to really connect with. I have faith. I'm going to, I won't stop having faith in Marvel until they prove that I, you know... That you shouldn't. That I shouldn't, you know. I And I, I, I just don't... I think they have a really good creative team working. Um, even, you know, even hearing Joss Whedon's comments today, he made some comments about um, Scarlet Witch, and, and people yeah, were talking about, like, is she going to have the, the head thingy? And uh, he's like, yeah, you know, we're going to change it. He's like, I have total faith in, in these people at Marvel who are the production designers that they're going to come up with something that indicates the old look and... You know, everybody will be cool with it. And I think, like, they, we owe everybody that trust now. Like, yeah. the first time you saw the Captain America suit, everybody was like, oh, my God, it looks all bunchy and crappy. And now everyone's like, bring back the old suit. So they are <laughs> for Captain America the Winter Soldier. He's right. going to put on his 1940s costume again at one point. Which is great. I mean, I, I personally, you know, I think they've done right by all the characters in the Marvel Studios version. I mean, I think, I think there are some missteps, you know. Um, before, mm -hmm. but as soon as Marvel Studios was a thing, I, I just really think they've taken really good care of these properties. Um, let's uh, let's move on and talk about a few other things that we saw. X-Men Days of Future Past was the big highlight of the Fox panel. Now, Hugh Jackman and director James Mangold came out for the Wolverine, and that was, uh, you know, that was great. And I can talk about the movie. I actually really liked the movie. Our review is up on the site now. Scott Kler reviewed it. What I really liked about it is that there's no save the world plot. It's just a lean, mean movie. Uh, the Japan storyline, I thought, was they did a pretty good job of adapting. I, I thought that they made Mariko and uh, Yukio more interesting characters than they were in the comic book version. Um, my only um, gripe with the movie is that it gets a little comic booky in the end, which is kind of jarring with the tone and vibe of the rest of the movie. Uh, 
but uh, overall, I, I quite enjoyed it. I think, you know, it's the Wolverine movie we've been waiting for. Now, X-Men Days of Future Past, the footage looked sweet. <laughs> and not only that, but they brought, like, everybody out on stage. It was Hallie, Hugh Jackman, uh, McKellen, Fassbender, Stewart, McAvoy, Ellen Page, Anna Paquin, Evan Peters, who's playing uh, Quicksilver in there. Um Fox uh, brought the most people to Comic-Con of anybody in any of Comic-Con. They bought they had 150 passes. Holy crap. 150 passes to Comic-Con. Oh my and God. and much of that was due to how many people that they put on this panel, which is just a really huge scheduling undertaking. I oh my God. I mean, it was it was impressive to see everybody on stage together. I never thought there'd be anything that could kind of top seeing the first time the uh, Avengers cast was on stage together at Hall H. Right. But this did because it was really like bringing together these two different generations of, of casts. Um, you know, it's kind of like a real Star Trek thing where if you had the original and the next gen cast together. Yeah. Um, but it was the footage is really cool and it looks like, um, uh, you know, in the original comic they send Kitty Pride back in time. As suspect that they send Wolverine back in time. We're back in time. And uh, Professor X uh, is is having a rough go of it. You know, the last time we saw him, he was paralyzed, and his uh, his new best bud went bad. <laughs> so yeah, he's not handling. And and then the times were changing anyways, and it's the volatile. But free love, man. It's, yeah, it's uh, it's set during the Nixon era, and it just it looked really cool. Um, and uh, it definitely is sort of, it looks like a great resetting of the clock. Uh, some other stuff they showed was the Amazing Spider-Man 2 footage, which looked really cool. Uh, you know, uh, it didn't quite have the, oh, wow, factor of these other movies, but it looked perfectly fine. And Electro seemed really cool. I like that little sizzle reel they officially released of him. Right. I like what they did with his voice. Uh, Jamie Foxx seems like he's really enjoying the role. It should be noted that Paul Giamatti's Rhino character is a v- only a few scenes hmm. and uh it looks like it's kind of played for comedic effect and but you know we people speculate they're setting up sinister six possibly yeah i mean i would hope so because there were rumors today that uh, well actually not rumors mark webb was saying in an interview that you know spider-man 4 because they're already gonna have four of them uh is going to uh possibly see spider-man team up with other heroes. Somebody. I mean, that could be cool. Maybe it'll be Black Cat finally. It has to, in fact, be somebody from the Spidey universe, so it can't really be yeah. too many people beyond that. So we're thinking Unless Black Cat. Unless we finally see Fox and Sony broker a deal or oh Fox and Marvel broker a deal, like maybe Wolverine pops up. I think that would be a big mistake. And that one, it's not quite Batman Superman where you have a history of of these two guys being together and sort of thematically what they mean in their built-in conflict there. It would make um, more sense to put Wolverine in the Avengers, as we've said yeah. many times. I think Spider-Man, you can have him, maybe you, I don't know, you do something, you bring in Daredevil. Mm. You know? Yeah, I don't bring think... Bring Kingpin. I, I mean, that makes more sense because of the New York connection, but I don't, really don't think that they're going to do that. I think if it is somebody, I think it's going to be from the Spidey universe, and yeah. my money would be on Black Cat. Yeah, I think it just makes the most sense. Uh, real quick, or Venom, my, something like that. Yeah, I mean, look, at that point, you could you could do that. Um, <clears throat> just a quick rundown of other stuff. We saw footage from RoboCop. It looked okay, better than I expected. It uh, probably, though, I mean... I need to see more. 
because it, it could end up being like the Total Recall reboot that came out last year where it was perfectly serviceable but uninspired and just didn't really it was just felt generic yeah uh, i need to see more though before i can say anything that would condemn the robocop movie because that would it, it could actually turn out good it's got a great cast michael keaton sam jackson but i just can't tell there's no bodiker in the just like all the footage i wasn't really sure who who is the villain because michael keaton's character seems more he's not like dick jones he's a ceo but he seems like a little more normal, a little more human, a little more uh, maybe not a hundred percent bad guy, right. maybe misguided. Right. right. And I'm like, I want to see who is he actually going to fight. Like <laughs> that was a great thing about that movie is Dick Jones and Boddicker were just evil. They just reeked of just sliminess. But well, yeah, Boddicker especially was such he a was so ball. awesome. Oh, uh, he so was, good. He's one of my favorite '80s villains. Um, we saw some stuff from Godzilla that looked really cool, but the only little hints of Godzilla. And that there's going to be more than one kaiju in the movie. Uh, there's like this mm. kind of scorpion-esque creature, and it looks like Godzilla is actually fighting it, like to protect humanity. Will Godzilla be hurt at all by Pacific Rim? Same company. I'm sure they're rethinking every lesson. But so far, the marketing, I feel like, has been more intriguing. Like, I love the hints in the poster. I love that last poster, the, the Comic-Con one that was just like, Bits of the tail and the yeah. fog and all that. Uh, 300, um, Rise of an Empire showed Xerxes' origin. That looked pretty cool. Uh, oh, here's my my vote for, and who I, I feel like likely will be on a short list to play Batman and Batman versus Superman, Sullivan Stapleton, who is hmm. the new Gerard Butler type character in, in 300. It's a Zack Snyder produced movie for Warner Brothers. So Snyder knows this guy, signed off on him. Uh, he's kind of at the same place Cavill was uh, at that point, uh, where Cavill was coming off of a, a, a well-liked TV show, The Tudors, and then the lead in a uh, in a genre epic, Immortals. You know, uh, Stapleton's on Strike Back, and mm -hmm. he's got 300 coming out. Um, My thing with Stapleton, and I don't I don't want to shoot down your theory, but I think he might be a little too broish for um, <laughs> for Batman, just because he. He does have this more sort of um, yeah, well adjusted. Yeah, he doesn't have a tortured vibe about him. He has a like, I am put together. I'm a put together soldier kind but of. But wouldn't that be? I mean, you you have to differentiate it from Christian Bale's really psychologically just devastated sort of guy. What if this Batman really was more of a soldier, like one of those soldiers who's so intense they can't live any other way? But you know being a career military guy this that's what is he is on war. strike back for sure you know like you you he can still be driven by the death of his parents all that but it's a much more sort of like i'm gonna go and i'm gonna get you like this is a mission i have an objective don't get in my way whereas yeah. he doesn't necessarily have to be like rachel like you know that <laughs> it would at least make him a different one and also another reason why i feel like stapleton will at least be looked at is that you know, he's in the Warner's family. They kind of keep it within True. the family. And he was in Gangster Squad for them. So I, I feel like he'll at least be on a list. Whether or not he'd get the role, it's kind of like when you're casting James Bond, where they look at literally every British actor, <laughs> from the guy who plays the governor to <laughs> right. Jonathan Reese Myers. Like, um, uh, Gravity stuff looked great. <clears throat> uh, Riddick looked, you know, like Riddick and Kick Ass 2. I have to say, those two ones. 
bit of a letdown in terms of the panel because I felt like they didn't show us anything that we hadn't already kind of really seen. Right. Um, uh, you know what surprisingly didn't really grab me? Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs too. Hmm. Didn't look as funny as the original. Oh, interesting. And that, but you know what did look funny? Lego Movie. Oh, really? That looks really cool. I heard good things about it coming out of the panel, but that's with the same guys who did Cloudy One, right? Yeah, and it's not, they're not doing the sequel. So uh, I just, uh, I Frankenstein, yeah, I don't know. Really? Weird? I don't, I, I don't know. It, it looked like an Underworld sequel, hmm. uh, which the guy who created Underworld, created the comic for that. Uh, Ender's Game, I didn't see the footage. I had to cut out to do a thing, but um, <clears throat> I did see stuff for Divergent. So, you know, it'll be interesting to see if that does become the next uh, Hunger Games. Uh, finally, we did uh, the party there with the uh, World's End people. I got to say, I saw World's End. I really, really liked it. I think it's a lot of fun. Awesome. So, let's wrap this puppy up. Box <clears throat> office! The Wolverine opens this weekend. Oh, my. It's, the, it's obviously going to be number one. I'm thinking it's going to make about, I'm going to say... Uh, 69 million. 69, dude. Yep. And then I think uh, Conjuring will be second place. I'm going to say 23 million. All right. Uh, the to-do list, uh, the to-do list also opens up this weekend, but in limited release, only on 500 screens. So we're not gonna, we don't need to guesstimate that. I'm gonna have the same things one and two. I think Wolverine's gonna do a little bit better. I think it's gonna do 75. And then I think the Conjuring's gonna do a little bit better. I think it's gonna do 26. Okay. All right, folks. Well, that'll about do it for this week's podcast. It was pretty much all Comic-Con all the time on this here podcast. Uh, we'll try to be back next week. We do have that Ray Park uh, interview. If we can't, for technical reasons, because of our move, do a podcast next week. We'll we'll air the Ray segment the, the following week. It'll still be relevant. Um, and uh, thank you all for listening, as always. And uh, give us a shout-out. Over in it, over on iTunes, and send us your reader email at keeping it real. At, <clears throat> I'm sorry, keeping it real at ign.com. As always, thank you for listening. We'll catch you all next time.